0: Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show.
1: Welcome to episode 25 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we have guest Nathaniel Harding, running for city council coming up in February for Ward 6. Many of you know Ward 6 as the district that's got the plaza. Midtown, Linwood, Crestwood, and a good chunk of downtown. He's on our show today talking about what he can do for Ward 6 in 2019. On to the market data provided by Oakmar, the local area MLS. Data reported is from the Oklahoma City Center and a radius of 10 miles for the last seven days. New active homes coming on the market, 158. This week is up from the week before when 148 homes came on the market. Homes sold this week, 152, down from the week before when 164 homes were sold. The median list price, 142.5, with a median final sold price of 141,289. That's a 1% discount expected during the sale of a property in the last seven days in Oklahoma City. The median list price per square foot was $96.94, and the sold price per square foot was $94.19. Average appreciation rates year-to-date in Oklahoma City are holding steady at 3.5%. The market outlook for rental properties in Oklahoma City, national rent average for the United States is $1,440 with a monthly change of 0% and an annual change compared to the past year of an increase of 0.5%. The Oklahoma City metro rents are currently averaging $1,091. This is a monthly change of 0.1% compared to last year. We're looking at an annual change of 0.9%. And now, your news.
0: Hello, I'm Aaron Christian with the OKC Real Estate Show with this week's news. The Oklahoma City Council is reviewing applications for the soon-to-be-vacant position for city manager. After 18 years in the position, Jim Couch will be retiring on January 2nd. More than 52 hopefuls have applied for the job. Mayor David Holt says that he is pleased with the level of interest in the opening. Council members are expected to begin reviewing the applications on Tuesday. The deadline to apply was last Thursday. Development of the land around the American Indian Cultural Center and Museum is predicted to create 910 full-time jobs. City Council will be discussing the idea of accepting public assistance to raise up to $128 million. An entity of the Chickasaw Nation called AICCM Land Development, LLC, will have exclusive rights to develop this land commercially. Some ideas that have been submitted are offices, a resort hotel, and a water park. Others have suggested creating a market for displaying and selling native goods. If public financing of this project raises the required funds, the area will become quite an attraction for travelers on I-35 and I-40. When the museum is fully completed, the landmark White Arch will be clearly visible from both highways. Brewfest is here this week! Come out on Thursday to Brewfest and sample the newest beverages from your favorite Oklahoma brewers. Don't like beer? You can also sample wine and other distilled beverages. More than 30 breweries, wineries, and distilleries will be at the event. Recent changes to the state's liquor laws have seen our city explode with the creation of new breweries. Brewfest is an annual showcase of Oklahoma breweries. The event is sponsored by the okc bio association to help raise awareness of the state's diverse bioscience industry the event is limited to only 500 tickets and takes place on thursday november 8th from 5 to 7 p.m at the chickasaw bricktown ballpark admission is 35 dollars and you must be 21 to enter
1: We want to welcome nathaniel harding to the oklahoma city real estate show Nathaniel Harding is running for Ward 6 in Oklahoma City. Ward 6 is home to some of the most popular areas in Oklahoma City, including the Plaza, Linwood, Crestwood, Gatewood, some of the the more booming, you know, hipster areas, uh, in Oklahoma City, as well as some of the wealthier properties, uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, you, uh, a trip to Oklahoma City is not complete without going through Ward 6 which is, uh, you know, has a huge amount of opportunity. And we've just seen huge growth. Um, the current uh, Ward 6 um, councilwoman, uh, Meg Salyer, uh, is, is retiring. So this will be an open seat, open for election in February. Nathaniel is here today to discuss, uh, what that can mean for us with him stepping into that position, uh, if he gets elected and, and what that means to be in Ward 6. So Nathaniel, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Tell us a little bit about your background in Oklahoma City and, and what your position is and, and, and how you plan on helping out in the coming elections.
2: Sure. So, yeah, for the past um, eight years, I've actually been representing Ward 6 on the MAPS Three Citizen Advisory Board. And so that's a volunteer board of, of 10 people um, and really just ensuring that, that we do MAPS right. You know, there's $777 million being invested um, throughout the city, and those are significant infrastructure projects. And as a, as a citizen advisor... Um, I, I represent the, um, the taxpayers, and and really just represent my neighbors and friends, uh, and and people in the community, to uh, to to really ensure that um, that what we're building that's going to last for generations is is something that uh, that we want to see and that is done right.
1: That's excellent. I know that when, when money gets spent, um, folks that maybe haven't had a raise and that kind of thing in a while are kind of nervous, but it's good to know that that money is being spent appropriately. Uh, Oklahoma City has been going through a huge change, uh, recently. Um, you, you know especially you look at things like the plaza district and just the evolution of the culture in, in, in any one of these districts uh what do you think about that district change i mean how how has that uh, you know happened over the last 3 years and what do you expect to happen in the next let's say 3 3 to 5 years
2: sure i mean so you're asking about the, the plaza district specifically or or uh...
1: Well, just the districts in general, you know, the the, the district concept where Oklahoma City has several right. different cultures going on, um, is that expected to evolve and get even better with the the streetcar and things like that, or what are we expected in the next three to five years here?
2: Yeah, and, and certainly um, it's interesting to see how how we do have these these um, defined districts that have their own character and, uh, and personality, and uh, people really take pride in this. You know, the, the innovation district is is now a, kind of a new Creation um, has the 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 group actually has its own its own CEO who um, who's tasked with um, really helping realize the potential of that and that actually overlaps my ward and, and, and Ward Seven. But um, yeah, the, the Plaza District actually was was there um, ha- had an event there in that area just just last week and is ta- talking to folks that have lived there for decades and people that are just moving in this month. Um, you know, it, it's really eye opening to see. How that how the Plaza District has come of age. It's it's home to um, you know Empire Slice, of the you know the best pizzeria in in the country, you know, according to national publication. So it, it also has a lot of just local. Um, t- they take pride in having local businesses and having their own um, unique style, which you see that across uh, various parts of the city and and, and actually Capitol Hill, you know, the the south side of Ward Six. Um, you know, Capitol Hill is a historic um, area, and that, that has a lot of history and a lot of um, unique culture and pride. And um, and I think that's just part of what makes Oklahoma City special. Is you do have so much diversity. Um, and Ward Six is, I think, home to is perhaps the most diverse ward in the city. And it's something I really want to um, embrace because I think you know, who we are, who are we as a city is really defined by these, these um, self-identified communities. And, um, but it's also, it, ma- it makes Oklahoma City a good place to invest um, because people want to to move here and stay here. And I actually just recently met with, um, with the CEO of a, a company who's, who wanted to move, uh, start a new uh, district office here because of that culture. And, um, and that, So he's moving his people here and he's hiring people here and making investments in um, improving real estate um, specifically because he, he knows his employees will appreciate that culture.
1: That's exactly right. So companies have changed and, you know, used to be that the employees always went to where the jobs were. And now we're seeing a change to where the companies are having to move to cities where they can attract good talent. And so... I feel like Oklahoma City has really been on a push to create an environment that is attracted to these bigger corporations that, that maybe need that uh, creative talent and no other uh, way to do that other than to create a culture here or nevertheless not create a culture, but give that culture the, the resources it needs to thrive. Uh, and and in a big case, you bring up the liberal arts. You know, the Plaza District is a great example of local artists really making a difference and putting their name and, and feeling free. There's a lot of street art going on there. And there's a lot of art galleries that are taking off. What are some things that the city has done or will do to encourage liberal arts uh, in Oklahoma City?
2: Yeah, so um, the the it's interesting you mentioned the the murals. There's it's there's really been an explosion of murals here, and it's really cool to see you driving around. I mean, I can think of several. In fact, where I'm where I'm standing right now in our office in Bricktown, um, I could probably point to uh, several murals that have been painted just in the past uh, past year or so. So the city has made a deliberate effort um, to formally um, you know support artists. In creating these murals, and even having uh, intersections, so and this new idea of having crosswalks um, have a mural like on the ground, and so there's there's some uh, neighborhood-led initiatives uh, to make that happen, you know, like in places like Class and Tinpin, which again is, is, is near, just is adjacent to the, the Plaza District, and so the, those are just uh, really just it's fun to watch and fun to see how this develops and. You know, people all have opinions about. Well, I wouldn't have had that kind of painting, but man, it sure is it sure is cool to see it because uh, it just makes the kind of place that you want to be in. you want to be outside and and see what's what's going on. And I also read. I wish I could remember the name of the publication, but we we're starting to get some attention as a place for music culture. Um, you know, a friend of mine's actually doing a lot of work in this and and helping support um, lo- local musicians and and really having our own unique identity as 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 you know, our own unique music culture you know sam anderson's book boomtown i you know, I think really puts he gets it right when he talks about how we have our, our uniqueness and our own i think he even calls it you know a, a weird city you know a weird kind of middle america city and uh, and we actually embrace that yeah you know, a lot of folks that i talk to embrace our own our own uniqueness and um, so yeah you see you see art really taking off. You know, Oklahoma Contemporary is, is building their fantastic new uh, building, you know, folding light. Um, on, on, on They're building an auto alley, Broadway intends. And um, those kind of things are happening. Next
1: year, right? I mean, that's into summertime is when we're going to see that. That's right. They're, yeah.
2: They're building it right now. They'll have the grand opening next fall. So, and that's and that's actually a great example of, yes, a capital intensive project requires a lot of donors. And they're, they're still fundraising right now for it. Um, and that's going to really be an amazing gateway coming south into Otter Valley. And so, you know, I don't think people realize how unique a project that is. It's going to be um, one of a kind in the region. and I think it's going to be um, a really special, uh, you know, art campus, um, really, that's going to be on a national scale.
1: Now, you served on the design review committee uh, for downtown, who is pretty much you're the leading edge of what projects are going to be going down because anybody that's trying to get permits or trying to get funding or trying to get a uh, permission, uh, they're coming to you guys essentially first, right? Right. So yeah,
2: the Downtown Design Review Committee is, is tasked, that's another volunteer uh, board that uh, is tasked with reviewing and improving um, any construction downtown. And so um, renovations or new builds. And so we get to see, we're, we're really, I think the first group. That receives a formal presentation from from um, developers and property owners on what they want to see um, at their property, and so that's kind of neat to to have, be a little bit at the forefront of of what's coming our way, and um, gives me a little bit of insight. Um, you know, I'm I'm no realtor, I'm no developer, you know, but just as a as an Oklahoma City resident and a booster of all things OKC, um, it's neat for me to, to see what's coming our way and. You know, I'm seeing a lot more residential. Um, you know, even even the recent announcement um um uh, of the of the Elliott that's gonna be over on, on Class Drive, uh, you know, across from Villa Teresa. I mean, that's it's a um, mid rise condo, high you know, high end luxury development and a lot more of these um you know residential and owner occupied um developments that are that are coming downtown, which is what we wanna see. You know, we want downtown um needs to be a place where People don't just come to work and, and have fun, but they also live and take their kids to school here. And um, it, that really creates a vibrant community. You, know, you want to see that anywhere. I think for any district, you know, expand that, um, you know, to, to the south side or any part of the city for it to really thrive. You need to have um, all the different aspects of our lives in it, you know, activity during all hours um, of the day
1: now walkability score has been something that's just been coming up time and time again now with people buying or selling real estate now hey what's the walkability score you know what's the deal? what what do you think I mean we've got the streetcar um, you know grand opening December 14th I think it is with the ceremony uh, I think it's a three-day event and that project has even already started about to talk about expanding the streetcar even further, um, projects like that. I mean, the intention is to make a more walkability, uh, walkable city. Um, how do you see that coming about in the next couple of years? I mean, like you said, urban movement inward, you know, downtown to try to create residential dwellings. Um, what else is going to help improve that walkability? I mean, is there more shopping going downtown? I mean, what do we got on the horizon?
2: Yeah, I think uh, there has been a big investment in, in walkability, and the streetcar is a good example. I actually chair the streetcar subcommittee, and uh, I'm very excited about that project. It's a great investment in our overall transit infrastructure. You know, need to have several modes of transportation in order to have uh, a city that that's 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 open to all, and where there's um, where you can have that kind of development. But um, yeah, with the streetcar is it's a pedestrian accelerator. It's something where you hop on, hop off. You know, you're um, it, it it helps get around downtown without having to kind of play the uh, the, the, the parking game, um, you know. And I think it's going to do a lot to spur development, because um, not only is it just a good tool for uh, downtown pedestrian circulation, a streetcar also is um, does have a, a a record in other cities of helping to spur development. Um, you know transit oriented developments a big Buzzword, um, and, you know, in the, in the country, and and I think you see you see why in other areas you have a lot more development happen near um, streetcar lines, where, where in cities where you have that, but also um, you know this current maps maps three is we, we have a big investment in and in trails and sidewalks, and um, and I've I've got a lot of positive feedback about that, and so you know that that helps connect neighborhoods to these districts. And actually, I was in. Uh, in Linwood just this last weekend, and they were just going on so happy about about this you new know, uh, Will Rogers Trail that that effectively connects them to um, the Pawtucket district. And so, you know, you just see examples of how when you when you give people an opportunity to connect with another um, district or part of town or neighborhood or you know where they work, where they play, that it, that just that's why people want to live. Um, and, and this, you know, in kind of the city center, and and to be, to be have access to all that, and so I like us to see, keep doing that.
1: You don't meet anybody. You don't meet anybody when you commute in a car. You know, I mean, there's this, there's like zero right. chance of meeting somebody in a car. Whereas if you're walking to work or you're walking to the. Your grocery store or something like that you have this opportunity to intermingle and 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 have a conversation and see what other people are doing what they're dressed like what they're what they're up to mm-hmm. you know i think that really builds a city you know is, is when people get out and walk so they i gotta ask this question you know as we get towards moving more people downtown you know, not everybody is without kids. A lot of these families have kids and with kids comes educational requirements. So uh, could you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, school ratings now, uh, w- which are, which have been, you know, historically low. Uh, what are, what are some of the tasks that you have ahead of you? I mean, it seems like that's a big, uh, that's a big equation that needs to be solved. Uh, what, what do you have to say about education?
2: Sure, no, that's a good that's a good question, and uh, you know, as I'm out knocking doors and meeting people, uh, education comes up a lot, and uh, and I think you know one you know one of the things that I see as far as for the future of Oklahoma City, we we need to keep we need to keep dreaming big, you know, I like think dreaming big is what got us here, is what got us to really turn the corner and, and create this renaissance. I want to I want to see us dream big about how we address education. You know, it's the city, city council doesn't have any official jurisdiction um, over education, but you know, there's lots of things that we don't necessarily have a jurisdiction over, but they're important, right? And they're, you know, I think education is one of them that's so important. It's personally important to me. Uh, I have you know, my children are in public school, and um, so it's personally important to me, but also I, I, I view it as, as both a social issue, but also an economic development issue. If you don't have families that want to live here, then, then how much can you really grow? You're stunting your growth and your long-term growth, especially if you can't, um, have a place that where families, um, want to, to, to raise, you know, raise their children. And so I, I see that as, as absolutely critical, um, for us as a city and, and civic leadership, you know, for, for City Hall to really support, um, and help build consensus with the, with the school board. Uh, you know, local city public school board. There's a lot of folks that are very dedicated um, to making our education system the best it can be, and and I want to be a, a partner um, and use all of the considerable tools that we have as a city to to help um, solve that that challenge. And so, yes, that's absolutely a big one.
1: Nathaniel, what would you say is the number one problem we face with our education system?
2: Well, funding has to be uh, has to be up there, and I know funding is a very very broad category. And uh,
1: you know we got national attention this year for the
2: teacher walkout, and um and I, I I'm on a local school board and we 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 voted unanimously to support um, the walkout and it was hard I, we were my kids were out of school during that time and that was hard but I think it was necessary so we made it we moved the needle in the right direction um and 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 I also you know there might need to be uh, looking again at our facilities use our current superintendent um, Dr Sean McDaniel. He's doing that right now, and so I, I'm following his lead and saying that there's um, we need to relook at how our, our facilities wh- where we're over capacity, where we're under capacity and uh, and we may need to make uh, choices that that affect um, that affect you know people and then us be able to provide that 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 consensus building and understanding if, if we're making the right choices to make sure that we have the right schools and the right places where people are and um and then we're funding the classrooms and funding um, uh, payrolls, so we can be competitive with the region um you know we're we're doing we're doing better now, and our stats are better now with this recent uh, pay raise, but maybe the next step is is looking at how schools are funded and, and some of those structural and facility use uh, components.
1: You know, we recently had Dr. Russell Evans on the show. He's a lead economist. He's brought in on on several different panels in Oklahoma City to discuss uh fiscal policy and projections for where the city's headed. Uh he's also got a PhD in economics. He he's a professor at Oklahoma State University. Uh one of the things he he talked about uh was that if we could create more portability in people's living, for example, if they can move easier, they could actually vote with their feet with what school gets the funding or doesn't get the funding. And what that enables it to do is the schools that are maybe overtaxed with too many kids and, and not enough funding would then immediately see a reduction in and, and student population. Um, I guess that all comes from, uh, the funding formula, right? The, the immediate thought is everybody says, well, with all the property values increasing, why aren't, you know, there's immediate funding that, that should be applied to the schools. But that's not always the case because with the more local funding that the school gets, there's less state funding that the school. So, what what are your thoughts on on reducing the amount of students that are out of school? Will that help?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you, if you have a school that is, uh, you know, I, 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 let me let me back up and say yes, you know, so I, um, I I kind of skipped over the fact I, I own a small business um, here in, in down in the downtown area. I'm in Bricktown. And you know, I actually employ folks that have kids that um, go to school all over OKCPS and, and and beyond. And it's interesting to talk to you know them about their experiences. About you know, they'll talk about their um, their kids' school, how there's you know, so few kids in the classroom, or other places where there's there's you know, there's hardly a classroom will have thirty kids in it. I mean, we've heard about all over the state. There's places where previously we had had to only have four. Um, Four days, uh, school weeks, and you know those obviously are not the right answers. Um, And you know when it comes to um, when it comes to funding formula, I think there probably is um, some. You know that we need to be rethought how we approach that, so that way the districts and the the zip. We don't want the zip code to be the deciding factor on, on a child's success, right? You know we don't want it just to be that if you kind of. Won the zip code lottery, then uh, then then your school is better. And, and if and and if folks can't move into that that neighborhood, I uh, it makes sense what you're saying about you know Dr. Evans. If there is some mobility and if people can feel like they can then move um, to an area where they have um, where they where their kids can get the education they deserve, then that's an important factor. Um, you know, but a lot of times um, you know, a lot of times somebody can't can't afford to move or they can't afford to move somewhere where there's a good school. And and so that's where I think we need to make sure that there is no, um, you know, whether there's not a discrepancy and in, in how we're funding schools. And if that funding formula is creating that discrepancy, then it needs to be reworked.
1: All right, Nathaniel, we're about out of time here. We have been discussing with Nathaniel running for Ward 6 in Oklahoma City, where Meg Salyer has been uh, serving as councilwoman since 2008. So she's been there a long, long time, uh, and she's going to be retiring. Uh, now, this election is not the one that's coming up, this uh, this current election on November 6th. This will be uh, in February, February 12th. So make sure to be out there for the uh, for the vote on that, uh, where we'll be deciding the new uh, uh, councilman or woman uh, for Ward 6, um how can people register to vote for that, or is there any steps they can take to be reminded? Is there any type of uh, website that they can enroll in for newsletters or upcoming information? Anything that can help there?
2: Yeah, so the you know the county election board, uh, it's the same, it's the same uh, registration process as you do just for um, the elections in November. So the, the Oklahoma County Election Board, um, but also my my website OKC dot com. Uh, it shows you where Ward Six is and and uh, information on uh, registering uh, there as well. And so yeah, if you Harding for OKC dot com, but also Harding for okc is the social media handle, so you can find us that way and sign up for updates. And and certainly, you know, we I value communicating a you know, two way communication and and sending out information what we're doing, but also uh, meeting with people and um, kind of receiving. That feedback on on what people want to see for Oklahoma City.
1: And it's important to note, folks, this is a bipartisan or nonpartisan uh, election here. This is this you're voting for who's the best guy for the job. And Nathaniel Harding going to be on the ballot coming in February. Uh, Remember that name. Uh, you can check out, again, like he said, HardingForOKC.com. We're going to put a link uh, down below. Uh, you can support. And even now, if you have things, concerns that are coming up, maybe you're not sure who to vote for. Nathaniel's got his information on there. You can email him, ask him those questions. If you're unsure where his stance is on something, you can email back and forth. Folks, Oklahoma City changes because people step out and do the change themselves. We're a small enough town still to where uh, individuals like yourself listening can make A difference in our city. And that's kind of the cool thing about living in Oklahoma City is that your voice really does count. So make it count February 12th. Uh, Nathaniel, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to episode 25. Questions, comments, concerns? You can write us online at okcrealestateshow.com. There's a comment box at the bottom. Or you can email me, Landon, at Landon at OKCREAL.com. Don't forget to check us out at
0: OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com.